Good morning, Metamore Mennonite Church. Uh, may God's grace and peace be with each one of you on this day, Father's Day, that is 2020. Uh, to all of our fathers, grandfathers, soon-to-be fathers, new fathers, may it be the best kind of day for you. Uh, may you be celebrated in ways that are life-giving uh, on this on this day, 20, Father's Day 2020. This is our third week of the summer series, In the Beginning. Two weeks ago, we began with a reading of the creation story that God looked on all of his creation and called it good. Indeed, it was very good. And then last week, Pastor John led a meditation and communion uh, with the story of Abraham and Sarah and the three visitors and the announcements of a child to be born. And today, God hears the cry. God hears the cry in Genesis chapter 21. And today, uh, and so thank you, Phyllis, for reading our scripture text for today. Well done. Growing up in Sioux City, the son of a Catholic grade school teacher, coupled with the newer invention at the time of the VCR. You guys remember the VCR? Um, I had the gift of having access to shows that my mom would record during the day. And it would be playing at night as she was like reading papers and such. And the shows that were, we were, um, that was always on the TV at nighttime, Days of Our Lives and General Hospital. Now, I believe both are still in production because of, because the acting is so top notch, right? Uh, Days of Our Lives, Bo, Hope, Marlena, Victor Kiriakis. Uh, I don't know why I, I remember those names, but I still do. I think they're still in the show. Maybe they're not. I don't know. So along with uh, the great acting, uh, these soap operas had within them many twists and turns, great drama, uh, relational conflict, family conflict, power dynamics, etc. All of these realities are also present in our story found in Genesis chapter 21 with Abraham and Sarah, their son Isaac, along with Hagar and her son, Ishmael. It's one giant soap opera. Um, and if those aren't your jam soap operas, Game of Thrones comes to mind, because especially when it comes to position, power, and inheritance. So strange enough, uh, this story isn't found in um, our father Abraham's song that we learned in Sunday school. Uh, but today, God hears the cry. God hears the cry. So uh, for those of us not familiar with the context of the story and for those maybe needing a bit of a reminder, Abraham has two sons, the first of which was born of an Egyptian slave woman named Hagar, and the child's name is Ishmael. Um, what is interesting is just uh, how Ishmael, Ishmael comes to be. It's the direct result of Abraham and Sarah's doubt, understandably so, that God's promise to them would actually be fulfilled. That promise, Abraham to be the father of many nations and to be a blessing to the world. So uh, now the second child, this miracle child, born against all odds due to Abraham and Sarah's old age, Isaac, whose name means laughter, was born. Uh, because our story doesn't begin in chapter 21, we have to go back a bit further, a bit earlier in the narrative, Genesis chapter 18, and we read and we understand, uh, understand Sarah's disbelief that she would, 
could conceive a child in her old age. She laughed until she peed her pants um, uh, when she heard of this promise, okay? Now, in today's reading, in chapter 21, the child, Isaac, has just been weaned, and Father Abraham throws a party, throws a party to celebrate. So in the soap opera, this drama um, already sets in, in verse 9 and 10. But Sarah saw that the son of whom, uh, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not, will not, cannot inherit, uh, inherit along with my son Isaac. Now this word here, mocking, is of great importance and um, matters greatly to the story and how it is to be understood, how it can be understood. The Hebrew word here is sahak, sahak, or sahak. Um, a word whose root is the same as that as the name of Isaac. Um, indeed, it has a range of meanings, but if you boil it down to its simplest form, it means to laugh, to laugh. Other possibilities exist, mocking, as it's translated here, playing, or even playing with someone in a sexual way. Uh, if playing, it can be viewed as playing the part or the role of Isaac, pretending to take Isaac's place as heir of the promise, as heir of the promise. Some have translated, translated Isaacing. So Ishmael is Isaacing, that is Ishmael is being or acting like Isaac. But it also can be read uh, in verse uh, nine, Ishmael was laughing with joy and celebrating the life of his half brother, okay? Uh, we do not learn from the text that Sarah sees anything wrong with Ishmael other than his presence as the firstborn, okay? So Sarah, so what Sarah did wonder about was her son's inheritance. This much is clear. Because as the oldest son, Ishmael, it is reasonable to expect that uh, he would have been entitled to a double portion of the inheritance. Now that Isaac has been weaned and survived infancy, not a given at this point in human history, at this time in history, uh, it was no longer necessary to keep Ishmael around uh, for the once thought of backup plan for Sarah and Abraham. So for Sarah, her focus becomes the safeguarding of Isaac's power, privilege, and inheritance as the promised miracle child that was, that was, uh, that was given. So Sarah, in her disdain, and the story goes back further, Sarah and Hagar, they have not, uh, not been friends, uh, to say the least. Uh, so Sarah, in her disdain for Hagar and Ishmael, says to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son. For, the son of, for this son of the slave, slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. Cut to commercial. I mean, this would make for a good, a great cliffhanger on a Friday soap opera uh, so tune in on Monday to see Abraham Abraham's re response to his wife Sarah's command, uh, his wife Sarah's demand. Okay, uh, this would be a great cliffhanger. So so we turn on we tune in on Monday and we learn uh, the ma uh, the matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, "Do not be so distressed about the boy, and your slave woman, 
listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of, of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. So uh, the first thing that jumps out to me, Abraham is distressed. Why? Why is Abraham distressed? It has to do with his son. It appears that it has nothing whatsoever to do with the slave woman, Hagar. Uh, in a brilliant revelation here, the apparent lack of concern for Hagar's plight is quickly corrected by God because in his assurance, God says, do not be distressed about the boy, which we know Abraham is, and your slave woman. I mean, do you, do you hear God sort of encouraging empathy, encouraging compassion for also Hagar as well, not just the son? So God includes her in his protection and provision. Um, enough, um, even though that maybe Abraham had forgotten. I just love this. That God is including where Abraham has perhaps forgotten. Um, the key thing here is that, is that um, God's reassurance, reassurance to Abraham that uh, though Isaac is the principal heir, God will not leave behind Ishmael and his mother in a difficult situation. They, too, will receive a blessing and become a great nation. So on with the drama. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to, to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off uh, with the boy. She went on her way uh, and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Now, this isn't the first time that Hagar finds herself in the wilderness. This isn't the first time. We read in chapter 16, when pregnant with Ishmael, she flees significant abuse at the hands of Sarah and finds herself in the wilderness. She is fleeing from the abuse uh, in the household. At that time, uh, Hagar, the slave woman, meets with, with the Lord and actually names God. Now in Genesis chapter 16, 13, names God as a God who sees. I have now seen the one who sees me. God sees her, God knows her, understands the situation, sees her plight. However, a pregnant woman in the desert uh, surely meant death. Hagar's survival was at risk. So God actually commands her to return to the household of abuse, knowing that Sarah would uh, continue to treat her harshly. This time, however, a bit later in chapter 21, Ishmael is grown, estimated be, to be between the ages of 14 and 16. He is a young, uh, a young man, no longer dependent on his mother for basic provisions, but old enough to contribute to the care of both of them. The time is right for Hagar and Ishmael to journey on their own. And it was a difficult journey to be sure. In verse 15, when the water and the skin was gone. She put the boy under one of the bushes. Uh, then she went off and sat down about a bowshot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. Can you feel the anguish? Can you feel the despair? This is indeed a dire situation. 
so now in our in our story today, it's for the second time in her life that Hagar is visited by God. And in verse 17, God heard the boy crying, and the angel called uh, called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, "What is the matter, Hagar? What is the matter?" Um, the interesting thing here is that in the Hebrew, the word for God, the word for um, heard, God heard has the same root found in the name Ishmael, okay? So God, so Ishmael would then equal or has the meaning of God, a God who hears, God who hears. So the first time for Hagar in the wilderness, God sees, God sees the need. This time in the wilderness, we have a God who hears, a God who hears, a God who hears the cry of the outcast, of the abandoned. God hears the cry, and what is more, God has compassion. God hears Ishmael, and he responds. We see this throughout Scripture, the sacred texts. Centuries later, God hears the moans. God hears the cries of the Hebrews in slavery. God hears the pleading of Moses. God hears the prayers of Elijah and the prophets. God hears the song of Mary. God hears. God always hears the cry. God hears the cry to this day. God hears the, the cry. The question is, So what, what is next, I believe, is, is really significant as well. The angel of the Lord speaks to Hagar and says what? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid when things seem hopeless. I have heard your cry. I have seen and I have felt your tears. I will save Ishmael and will make him a great nation, make of him a great nation and provide for you as it seems like every time that the angel of the Lord visit, visits someone in Scripture is that um, it is spoken, do not be afraid. Okay, we know this. But after do not be afraid, most often uh, it's followed by a new idea, a new reality, a new direction. God is up to something new, never experienced and here, Hagar will experience for the first time freedom. Freedom. So do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift up the boy and take him by the hand, and I will make for him uh, into a, make him into a great nation. God then then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. Opened her eyes, and she saw. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Verse 20. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. He was living in the desert of Haran. His mother got a wife for him from Egypt to Ehanim. It may uh, be easy to overlook this verse 20. 
this verse 20. I just want to pause and kind of highlight this. It says, God was with the boy. God was with the boy. This outcast son of Abraham, God was with him. God is also with the slave woman, Hagar, cast out by the father of her child. Of note here is that if someone is part of God's chosen, that is Abraham and Sarah, this does not entitle one to an exclusive claim of God's care or of God's presence. Because God was with the boy. God cares about and provides for this son of Abraham too. So God was with the boy. It is it can be easy to miss what we might learn about God through Hagar and Ishmael's story. Because so much of the focus in this soap opera goes to Abraham and Sarah. This drama, um, uh, and this drama does not in any way shed a positive light on either of them. I mean, Abraham's only concern is for his son, as it is stated in, in the text. Sarah's desire to cast out and exclude them, uh, exclude Hagar and Ishmael in order to protect her and Isaac's position, power, and privilege. So we are invited here this morning to, to pause and consider the following. Are there ways in which I, like Sarah, have sought to protect my own position, power, and privilege? question is, what can we learn about our God who is with and for his Egyptian slave woman and her son? God hears the cry of the abandoned, the marginalized, the oppressed, the outcast. Do you hear the same cry? Is God inviting you to join in the cause to bring peace, justice, and flourishing to those cast out in the As God invites, may you also hear the words, do not be afraid. Is God inviting you to a new home, a new direction, a new way to seek peace in the world? As you join in prayer, may God's grace.